Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Oh Lord, we quiet our hearts at this very moment. We thank you, Lord, for showing up. We welcome you to this service. Lord, we ask that you would challenge us this morning. Encourage us this morning, Lord, as we look at your word, as we are reminded of the power that you have. Lord, help us to live within that power. Help us, Lord, to show that power to others that they might want what we have. Encourage us this morning, Lord. Challenge us. Speak to us. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning scripture is from uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. And the challenge, if you've done much reading in the Old Testament, the challenge is to pick a chunk of scripture and not have to put six chapters out there because uh, there's, it's a good old story. It's a long story and things are going on and um, so we're going to start in the, in the middle of the story, and I hope that piques your interest. And we're also going to skip a little piece, and that's okay too, and we'll talk about that. But I want to encourage you uh, as we read this uh, to be thinking about the three people, three types. There's, there's Ahab, who's the king. There's Elijah, the prophet. And then there's God's people, Israel. There's three main characters in this group, and I just, we're just going to talk about that this morning. So 1 Kings 16, or I'm sorry, 18, 16 through 24, and then we'll jump to 37 through 39. So, then, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let them choose for them, the one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but do not set it on fire. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you will call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire. He is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. We'll jump to 37. It says, answer me, O Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you are the Lord, O God. O Lord, you are God, and you are turning their hearts back again. 
Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. May God add His blessing to the reading this morning. And as we uh, prepare to sing, even though we sometimes do try to run to get away and, and we think we can hide. In the depths of the darkness, you are by our side. Lord, help us to find encouragement through that. Help us to be reminded, Lord, that you have never leave us. You would never forsake us. Although our emotions may get in the way of that sometimes. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that you would speak in powerful ways through it. Lord, that we would hear Elijah's voice and be reminded of the direction that you would have us to go. What an awesome opportunity to look at your word. What an awesome responsibility to even, Lord, to, uh, to acknowledge that it's there and to be reminded of that. Lord, just ask that you would speak powerfully this morning. Speak into our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, we got six minutes. Let's go. It's not my fault today, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have it. I'm not good at that, Kenny. <laughs> so, so this morning's passage, we, you know, as I said during when we read it, the challenge of the Old Testament is that they're they're great stories, and they're all drawn out in these. It feels like a soap opera sometimes, right? Because it starts here and it just rolls. And before you know it, you've read through six or seven chapters of, of their lives of the, of the Israelites and how God is working through them or how they're not uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing. Or, you know, there's just a, there's a lot like, like sand through the hourglass, right? These are the days of our lives. That's what it feels like sometimes when you're reading these, um, these awesome passages that are just absolutely loaded uh, with so much information, so much power. Uh, but we're going to jump in. So in order to do a, a sermon, you had to jump in the middle somewhere. And so I need to give you a little bit of background. God's people were following these kings. And if you go down through First Kings, you find out pretty quickly that this king wasn't any good. And then the next one was just, oh, he was worse. And we get to Ahab, King Ahab. This is what they say about him two chapters before. Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. So what does God do? We know what God does in those moments when we don't listen, right? Sometimes you just need, like what it used to be when you were a kid, sometimes you just need a smack across the face. But God does it a little differently than we do it. We're a little more violent in it. God takes a prophet. He took Elijah and he said, all right, Elijah, these people are not paying attention to me. Again, my words, not what Scripture says, but you can pretty easily read into that. So here's what we're going to do, Elijah. We're going we're to remind Ahab who's really in charge. Go tell him that there's going to be a three-year, there's going to be uh, no rain. Yes, no rain for what ended up being three years. No rain. There's not going to be any rain. We're gonna, it's going to look just like that. 
I was talking to my youngest last night in California, and they said, she said, it, Dad, it was so exciting this week. I said, oh, yeah, what was that? It sprinkled. <laughs> I said, it rained hard here. It wasn't that exciting, right? She said, Dad, it's been 19 weeks since it rained in Southern California. Think about that for a moment. I can't hardly fathom. 19 weeks, that's almost half a year since, it, since it's rained in, Calif- in Southern California where they're at. She said, Dad, you can tell exactly where properties start and where properties end. Because the, the property they, they, are, they rent, they water. And she's, it's green. It's a line. It's a line of green. And she said everything else on the, is absolutely brown and crisp. She said it's that. It, the line is delineated right there. So anyway, back to the story, because we now we're down to five minutes. Goodness, telling stories I don't need to tell. Um, so what we have here in this, this morning's passage is, is Elijah's running for his life. Ahab's going to get him. He's out to get him because he said, there's going to be a drought until you guys turn back to God. All of a sudden, God says, all right, go tell Ahab. It's, it's now time. We're going we're to settle this score. Showdown at the OK Corral, right? There, there's going to be a showdown. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> well, and at the beginning of the, the passage we looked at, Obadiah's like, right before this, he's like, I don't even want to go see Ahab because he's going to kill me because people have been, he's been killing all the prophets and he's going to kill me if I tell him that I saw you. He's like, no, just take care, just go. Tell him we're going to meet up on Mount Carmel and we're going to deal with this. And so at this point, God's like, Elijah's like, well, we're going to settle this score. We're going to take care of it. And I ask myself, in the midst of reading through this passage, what does God have for me today? What does Elijah want me to hear through this passage today? And Elijah wants us to remember that God is still there, and there's a certain way that we can do things. There's the way that can make it real hard and bumpy, and there's a way to make it nice and smooth and easy. Kind of like that cow, right? There are just some pictures you just got to use. I mean, I just, just talk about being stuck on the fence. He didn't quite, right. He didn't quite make it to the moon, yeah. You see the guy behind him? He probably said, you go first, right? <laughs> That's probably what happened in that situation. I don't know. I didn't. Uh... But it reminds me of something that happens in this scripture. So we need to choose our influences wisely. The very first thing Ahab says to Elijah when he sees him, he says, oh, you troubler. You are the guy that's been causing me problems. And he puts it right on Elijah's head. And Elijah says, no, 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 you missed the point. No, wrong, wrong thing. It was your family, you and your father's family that was the problem. Your problem was not with me, although you thought I was the problem. Your family was the problem. You chose not to follow God. You chose to follow the, the Baals. Elijah drew a line in the sand. He decided that this is where it stops. He drew that line in the sand, and he said, it's time. It's time to settle this score for now, forever. You know, you've heard this, that word, you've heard this uh, old adage, right? No? Five apples make, no, <laughs> make a nice pot, no. One bad apple ruins the whole basket, right? 
And I don't know if you know, but I, I have experienced this at my house. All of a sudden, the fruit flies come out of the basket, and they start, I'm like, and here at the bottom, there's an apple that's bad. And you know what it does? Any, any apple around it, it goes bad too. You know why? There's some biology behind this. It's a gas. It's called ethylene. Not ethylene Lafferty either. It's called ethylene. I, I, I tried to figure out a way to say it so it didn't sound like ethylene, but that's exactly how it's spelled. It's a ripening agent. So one apple emits this gas, and it causes the other apples to ripen and or rot, depending on how long they sit together. So one apple does or has the opportunity, one bad apple has the opportunity to ruin a whole cart. I ask you that, or I bring that to, your, to, your, uh, to light because I ask you this question, and I ask myself this same question. What are the influences in my life? See, I'd be silly to think that I have no influences in my life. In fact, I'd, I'd be lying if I said there are no influences in my life. There are lots of influences in my life. My favorite TV show, somebody who I think is... Uh, super popular or important. Uh, For some, it's the best YouTube channel. Hopefully, for some, it's scripture, right? There's a a war going on there. The question is, what are those influences in your life? For Ahab, it was the problem. He was more wicked than any other king, and his father and their family led them to that spot. They led him to that spot where his father ended up causing more trouble. Proverbs 27 reminds me that iron sharpens iron. So as one man sharpens another. As I was thinking through that idea, iron sharpens iron. Did you ever try to sharpen your knife with a chunk of wood? It doesn't work, does it? That's called cutting wood. <laughs> yes, I I tried to find a good picture of that. I couldn't. We need something as strong as iron to rub against. And so is the same in our own lives. And I want to take this just this moment to to remind you about accountability. Because it's been on my heart uh, for weeks. We've been talking about this reading contest about, um, about being in the Word. And one of the challenges in our Sunday school that we've been reminded of is, how do you make that a discipline? Right? It's easy to say, I'm going to go home and I'm going to read seven days this week. I, I'm going to. And then we come back the next week and like, oh, I was only able to read like three or four. And we talked a lot about it uh, last week about accountability. Who is that person in your life who keeps you accountable to God? And here's maybe the bigger question. Is there a person in your life that you are working to keep accountable? Not, a, not to bash or to, to hurt, but to encourage them in the faith. Is there a person in your life? I want to encourage you to be thinking about that and praying about that because as, as we do this Bible reading contest, one of the things that I think is most, will be most important coming from this, not just the scripture part, will be those opportunities for you to, to help someone else be accountable and someone to help you be accountable. And those are not easy to find long-term. And I would ask that you would be praying about that as we, as we put classes, we, in a fun way, pit classes against each other 
But think about that just for a moment. Who is that person? Is your spouse, are you watching your spouse read? Are you encouraging them when they do that? Are you, are you reading with them? Someone was telling me they were, their, their spouse was reading to them. I like that. Be careful who your influences are. Second thing that the, this passage reminds me, and really where I got stuck in this passage, was how long will you waver? How long will you waver between God and Baal? How long are you going to sit on the fence? And at what point will you make and pick a side? See, I, I think we, we look at this passage and we think, well, these are obviously heathens, right? Oh, these, are, these are God's people. These are God's people. They're, they're no different than us. They're following after God and yet stuck and still looking at Baal, being on the fence. That's the, the picture in the bulletin. What happens when you sit your rump on the, fence, on the wooden fence for too long and you keep going back and forth, right? Watch for splinters. You're going to get some. Watch for splinters. See, this wasn't their first rodeo. They had seen this before. God had already talked to them about who you're going to serve. I don't know if you remember in Joshua uh, chapter 24, he, he talks about, Joshua says, listen, we made it all the way across. God has protected us. God has taken care of us. And now you're right back to doing the same thing you were doing. And that's the moment when Joshua, and you've probably seen it a hundred times on a, on a plaque, for me as, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua put the step and put a foot in the sand and said, this is where it's going to be. The one of the things that uh, come out of this passage is that I like, it says, how long will you waver? The word waver is, uh, is an interesting word. In the Greek, it means uh, to limp along. <laughs> to limp along between two twigs, which would be crutches, right? Every time we waver, that's what we look for or look at or look like, I should say. We limp along in our spiritual walk. We go to God and then we turn away and we go to God and we turn away. That's the verse from Joshua. I want to just talk for a moment about this. This cracks me up, so... Um, a couple years ago, we, the church, we got a, a, a weed whacker. And it was just as pretty and nice as that weed whacker. I'm, it was sweet looking. You pulled it, pumped it 10 times, pulled it, it fired right up. It did. But you know what a weed whacker needs to be good? And Nate, you and I, we can connect with this, huh, bud? <laughs> a weed whacker needs RPMs. It needs some speed. You've got to think about it. You're taking a little chunk of plastic, and you're trying to spin it fast enough to take out some grass, right? This weed whacker had one little problem. When you hit the gas, it, nothing really happened. You, it, it would sound great in the air, huh, Nate? You got, it sounded like it was the best weed whacker there ever was. Until you, until you did the only thing that you have to do with a weed whacker, which was touch the grass. And as soon as you touch the grass, the blades would wrap it up and it would go, and I would watch Nate. I felt bad for him because he would go out through the ditch and it would be like, and I, at the same thing I was doing when I was doing my ditch. It just, I don't know, this, the weed whacker. So this is the funniest part of this weed whacker story, though. You're going to like this part. 
So it came up missing like a year ago. And so Hoyt and I were talking, and I'm like, I don't know where I went, but I sure can tell you this, some sucker got it. Because <laughs> that weed whacker was, it just didn't go. And it never, from day one, it just didn't go. Uh, and that's kind of how we are if we're not following after God with everything we got. That's kind of how we can be. And thirdly and lastly, let, um, there's a part we missed, or a part we didn't read, we didn't miss it. The part we didn't read was the part where uh, God calls fire down on, on the altar and burns it all up. And, um, I think the scariest part in that whole passage, uh, a couple things come to mind. It's 450 prophets of Baal versus, God, versus Elijah, 450 to 1. And what kind of guy does it take to stand up there and say, you know what? God is going to burn fire on this altar. He's going he's to toast that altar. I wonder how often we think of God like that. And, 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 I, and, I, and I'm challenged by that because there are times when I don't think in my own life that I don't know if God can do what I want him to do or what I think he should do or what I... I know you know what I'm talking about. There are those moments in life where I don't know if God has the power. And I go right back to, to doing the bales of my own life. I'll do the best I can with it, God, and I'll give you what's left. When are we going to let God flex his muscles? When are we going to let him flex his muscles in our own lives? See, as, as long as we're stuck between the world and the cross. And we're trying to balance. I think sometimes we try to balance it out. We're just trying to like, okay, it's Sunday. Cross got to go up there and then the week. And, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. I will tell you this, you're going to get splinters if that's the way you're going to do life. God's people recognized in the passage today that they were, gonna get, they were getting splinters because they couldn't, they couldn't follow Ahab and the bales, and then follow God wholeheartedly. There were too many influences to go back and forth. When are you going to let God flex his muscles in your life? I have a friend that I had been trying to get a hold of, trying to make contact and have lunch with, and uh, by God's divine intervention, I had to go to State Farm two weeks ago, and just so happens that this young man works at State Farm. And so we had a 20-minute discussion. We had our lunch without lunch uh, at the front counter. And uh, this young man has, uh, he's a great, a great guy. And one of the things that I really appreciate about his testimony is that he, he would tell you straight up, um, I messed up two marriages in my life. I have hurt my kids. I have, and he, he, has, he pulls no punches. He, he tells you exactly how it is. I messed this up. He said, but I came to a point where I had done enough drugs and enough alcohol and just all the things of the world that I had to make a decision. God, are you real? Are you real in my life? Or am I going to walk away? See, he knew who God was, but he said, I didn't have that, that relationship with God. I, didn't have that, I hadn't had that experience of seeing God working in my life in a powerful way. I didn't let God flex his muscles in my life. Now he's been, this young man is, has been following hard after God 
and he wants to build a men's ministry. And I, and I, I applaud him for this, this one great... He wants to build this men's ministry in our area. And I talked to him last fall about it. And I saw him two weeks ago, and it's in the same spot. And I applaud him because he said, you know what I need? I, need, I realized I needed to step back and just continue to pray and let God flex his muscles in this and not put myself in front of it. He said, because I realized at this moment that I was going to push so hard to make this happen that I wasn't going to let God be involved in it or maybe not in the way that in his timing. And he said, I need to step back, get together with my guys, the guys that are praying for me and pray and let God flex his muscles, not me flex my muscles. That's the question for this morning, right? Are you, are you, are you going to let God rule your life? Or are you just going to give him just enough, God? I'll just give you, I'll just give you what you can handle, God, because I'll take the rest. If that's the case, you're looking for the, the splinters. You're going to get the splinters. Let's pray. Lord God, I just want to thank you this morning for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can bring our struggles, our trials, our problems, that we can bring them to you. Lord God, I want to thank you for your son, Jesus, who does fill in that spot, who smooths the road, Lord, who gives us eternity. Thank you, Lord, for the way that you continue to work in and around us. Lord, I pray this morning that you would be working on those that influence our lives. And Lord, that we would recognize those that influence them negatively. And Lord, that we would be influences to others in a positive way. Lord, help us to place our feet firmly in your camp. Lord, help us to not waver between you and the things of this world. Lord God, help us to take a chance to let you show your power. Help us, Lord, to let you flex your muscles in our lives. Lord, we know that you are faithful and that you will follow through. Lord, help us to not be weak and afraid. Allow us, Lord, to come to you in power. In your name we pray. Amen.